Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. This weekend, protests broke out in St. Louis, Ferguson, and cities around the country. Our producers Emily Woodbury and Lara Hampton were on the scene this weekend in Clayton and University City as nearly 1,000 people took to the streets to protest police brutality. The protests were inspired by events in Minneapolis. There, a black man named George Floyd was killed by a Minneapolis police officer. The officer was captured on video as he pressed his knee to Floyd's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. He has now been charged with third-degree murder. But the people we spoke to Saturday said that much more than that inspired them to join the protest. Here's what they said. Uh, Mike Bobo, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm, I'm a black man. and. I, I don't want to get the wrong end of, of a, a police officer's anger or his bad day or his hatred that he was taught when he was a kid. Um, so that, that's why I'm, I'm out here because I stand with those who've been, you know, slain, who've been taken down by police brutality, by a system that was never built for us in the first place. Nicole Vincent. I'm, I'm from St. Louis, but I live in Clayton. I have a, um, a son. Um, I have brothers. Um, so I just want to take a stand and, and just show my support for everybody and everything. It's, it's terrible what's happening. My son's mixed, so we're, we're in the middle. So it's very, very, you know, it's hard. I'm um, Lee Scott. I serve as bishop of uh, the Lobby Stone Fellowship of Churches. We believe that God wants us to stand for righteousness. And some of the things that has been happening, especially within this last year, um, really goes against that. And so it's, it's the um, squeaky wheel that get the oil. We need laws changed. We need um, the right people in place. And they need to know that there's people out here that's going to stand for righteousness. I'm Tashara Jones. I'm the treasurer of the city of St. Louis. I'm a single mom of the most adorable 12-year-old son. And I am tired of the anxiety that I feel when I can't find him or when he's hanging out with his friends in their white suburban school district, right? And tired of the anxiety that a police officer may mistake him or racially profile him and hurt him or kill him. Yeah, I shouldn't have that fear from people who are sworn to serve and protect us. Um, Reverend John Howe, and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. My concern right now is that uh, justice will not uh, take as long as it did and that um, the police will be held accountable um, for what they have done and what they are doing. Uh, and that um, not only just that, though, but that the Senate and uh, the Congress will start putting out laws to protect people, especially black people, with all that's going on right now. Um, Pastor Charles Bobo, um, Westside Missionary Baptist Church here in St. Louis, Missouri. I came out here because I have three sons and a daughter, and every time they leave the house without me, I fear. When they leave the house with me, I fear for their lives. I am more afraid of them dying at the hands of police than the coronavirus right now. That's how serious this is to me. That's why I'm out here. My name's Savannah Gorillas. I'm from Bevo Mill, St. Louis. 
I mean, as a white person in America, I cannot stand by. I mean, if, if I acknowledge my own whiteness and use it to, and to help others, then that is what you should be doing. And then I need to use my whiteness to inform and help other white people so that way they can be out here too, right? Because as long as I sit in my white bubble and ignore what's going on on the outside, I'm part of the problem. The more, more of us that come out to speak up, um, the more change will happen. I mean, that, that's how we've gotten convictions. The more people that protest, the more people that, that post, that's how you get convictions. That's how things happen. Me and my girlfriends are talking about today, there are a lot more supporters from different nationalities, I think, now. I, I'm surprised to see so many, so many white people. Honestly, I, I'm surprised. Um, so that's changed, and I'm sure, I guess we're getting heard more. So that's good. Uh, I see the same people that I saw in 2014. Um, I see the same people I saw in 2017 after the Stockley decision. You know, how many times are we going to have to take to the streets for people to believe or to people to start to say enough is enough and this system needs to be reformed? No, but the people who we elect aren't taking that, aren't, aren't taking us seriously. So we're going to have to continue to do this until they take us seriously. I'm just tired. Honestly, I think um, a lot of people out here are tired. Um, we want to see equal justice. We want to see um, justice not only just for uh, George Floyd, but for all of those that have um, gone before him, even the Michael Browns and Tray Trayvon Martin. Trayvon, um, and so it's, it's so, so many that uh, slip away from um, really actually being held accountable for their actions. Right now, what you've seen is with Ahmaud Arbery, only because video came out months later, then you saw an arrest. With this police officer, Derek, is it Chauvin, Chauvin? Was it five days later? We see an arrest. But that's only because the video got out there and it was going viral. That's the only reason why it's happening. If police inside would be more conscious um, and, and moral, I think we would see more, uh, more justice happening. I mean, I came from rural Kentucky where I had to go to an all-black restroom. I, I had whites-only um, restaurants. I mean, I grew up with that. Do I understand the frustration? I lived the frustration. But in that, God still has a requirement of us because he says this, love and kindness have I drawn all men unto my bosom. My job, and I, and I hope every believer's job, is to draw everyone to Christ. And we cannot do that with hatred, violence, and, and bigotry. It really causes us to, it really causes us to be tough, right? It causes us to, to I know the scripture says to turn the other chick, but the principle is fight for goodness, fight for love, fight for those characteristics that represent God. I mean, we, can, we need to send these guys to jail because it was murder for sure. But I mean, the problem is deeper than that. Like it goes, it's so deep. You know, you don't know what to do, whether run away or protest. So we're here. And that was Bishop Philip Lee Scott, Nicole Vincent, St. Louis Treasurer Tashara Jones, Savannah Gorillas, Mike Bobo, Pastor Charles Bobo, and the Reverend John Howell. They were talking to producers Emily Woodbury and Lara Hamden during Saturday's protests in University City and Clayton. And joining me today to provide a bit more context is a reporter who was out there on the scene this weekend, St. Louis Public Radio reporter Jason Rosenbaum. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So by far 
far the biggest St. Louis gathering this weekend was in Clayton and University City. You were there. What did you see? I saw the most diverse and one of the largest protests that I've seen since Michael Brown's shooting death in 2014. And it was such a contrast to what I saw last night in Ferguson. Uh, On Saturday afternoon, I saw more white people at at these protests that have primarily been been black with just a smattering of white allies. And it really signaled to me that there are people in, in, in St. Louis County that actually are genuinely outraged by police killing black people. Hmm. And they may see that marching is the way for them to show that solidarity. And then um, yesterday, it was completely different. It was maybe only 100 people. And this was in Ferguson. It was in Ferguson, a a flashpoint for the modern-day civil rights movement. and I would say both both demonstrations were I would classify as passionate and hostile in a way, but just different. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel I, I didn't feel the I didn't feel the same way in Ferguson as I did in Clayton in University City. And obviously, one got broken up by the police. That was yesterday's, and then one didn't. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about this more. But largely white Clayton and the University City Business District didn't have any property damage. Largely black Ferguson did. And I know that State Representative Rachel Prouty has made that point, is asking why is that the case, that the place where there was property damage this weekend was was the black community in Ferguson. And that property damage, that began um, on Saturday night after, as you say, these, these peaceful protests that happened in Clayton, happened in University City. What do we know about what happened then Saturday night that seems to have just really amped up what these protests? I wasn't there on Saturday night, so I would I would point to the coverage by Ryan Delaney and Sarah Fenton. And that's on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. They were were out there in really dangerous circumstances. And I want to just say thanks to them and to Chad Davis and Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson and Kareen Ruff for going out. And also uh, Laura and Emily, too. Um, But what I saw in pictures was like I I saw this post-dispatch photo of this white guy holding a hammer in front of the police station. And if you listen to the testimony by people like Rachel Prouty who were there, she's saying that there were these like largely white people that were breaking windows and running away. And that put the largely black crowd at risk. And this has been a trend that has been seen at protests all over the country. And it really should provide some introspection for, you know, white people that that find common cause with these protests. I know that not all of them are doing that. And I know that there's a lot of speculation on who these people are and what what they're doing. But, um, you know, you saw like the good of white people joining protests in Clayton. And I think you saw the the bad when they were in, in Ferguson. There has been a lot of talk, as, as you mentioned, this has been um, happening in, in cities across the country, and people are talking about out-of-town agitators. Um, what do we know about who's been seen at these protests? Obviously, when Laura and Emily were there during the day on Saturday, these are a lot of pillars of the St. Louis community were out there. Was that also the case in, in Ferguson at night, or are these, these maybe not people from this area? So I saw several people who I would class 
classify as uh, who are there from the beginning. So these are people that live in Ferguson that have been agitating for change in Ferguson for a long time. I saw those people there. I did see a lot of people that I'd never seen before. Now, now I want to be honest with you and our listeners. I covered a lot of protests during the day in 2014, and I covered several night protests. Um, and I know who the people are at, at both of them, and they're very different vibes and they're very different crowds. But the, where, I, where I was last night, it wasn't a lot of people compared to the ones in University City and Clayton. Um, it was maybe 100 people or so, and it was just a lot of people I hadn't seen before. Hmm. And I, I, I do think, though, that the, uh, what's happening around the country has really touched a nerve with a lot of people. So you may have people coming out that may not have come before. That's just speculating. But it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. There's one more protest that took place over the weekend I want to just touch on briefly. And that was on Friday night. Protesters actually shut down a highway uh, in downtown St. Louis for about three hours. That also led to the only fatality so far in the St. Louis area. Um, can you just briefly describe what happened there? St. Louis police officials uh, told me via email that uh, there were a couple people that climbed onto a FedEx truck. Uh, they claimed that one of them brandished a weapon and the 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 truck pulled forward and a a man was pulled underneath and died. So I think that's still being investigated, but there was video of that occurring and um, it was definitely a tragic situation, but I just wanted to relay what I saw in the video and what police have said. Sure. Now, on Saturday, uh, the governor of Missouri declared a state of emergency. What is the status of the Missouri National Guard and some of these other things that could go along with that? You know, the, obviously the National Guard was called during Ferguson, and they played a pretty sizable role. I I didn't see anybody from the National Guard in Ferguson yesterday. I saw St. Louis County police officials who, by the way, I just want to add this because this has been an issue elsewhere. They were very courteous and professional with the media. I think that needs to be emphasized because it hasn't been happening elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And I I said that privately to somebody because they helped uh, me and Corinne Ruff, and I don't feel like I should not say that publicly. Um, But those were the primary law enforcement there. I think that that has been called as a precautionary measure. And we'll have to see how these protests emerge about whether they're going to play a larger role. They certainly have been, other National Guards have been playing a bigger role in other parts of the country. And that has not happened yet here in Missouri. And we do know that there's a protest that's scheduled for this afternoon. That's at 3.30 in downtown St. Louis. We're going to all have to just keep an eye on that. So St. Louis Public Radio reporter Jason Rosenbaum, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.